This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. I am so happy to have Charlene Light on with me. Her her real name, amazingly, because she is <laughs> such a light. She is a fearless coach, a yoga teacher, an intuitive guide, and welcome. I can't wait to chat with you. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's just get started. If you just want to tell everybody about yourself, and then we'll dig into your journey and your spiritual process. Sure. Um, Well, I am 45. I currently live in Los Angeles. I am born and raised in LA and spent probably a good portion of my life. Well, it's interesting because I think this is so true for many of us, which is that when, you know, as children or as a child, I was so creative and I had so many dreams. And I mean, every week I was like, you know, writing a song and then I was like pretending I was a teacher and then I was like doing all these creative things. And then somehow somebody asks you what you want to be when you grow up and you can no longer say Wonder Woman, <laughs> you know? And right. <laughs> so, so it becomes this thing where I feel like all of that creativity kind of got conditioned, not out of me, but definitely like I learned how to compartmentalize and not talk about it anymore. And so I always wanted to be a singer, but I was, you know, my parents really weren't supportive in um, me pursuing that. They're very, you know, conventional coming from, you know, Jewish background, like you get a job, you make good money, you get married, you have children. So that was sort of like always in the back of my head, okay, I need to get a a good education, get a good job. And then when I graduate um, college, then I can do what I want. There was something about like, once I graduate college, I'll give them that. And then I'm going to go after my dream, you know? Mm -hmm. So I spent my 20s working in corporate. I worked in entertainment. I always had good jobs. I worked at Sony Music. I worked at ABC. Worked at Fox Family. I had internships at Arista Records, MCA, at the real world. I mean, I was just like really driven, really determined, and and doors really opened up for me. But it was always with one foot in, one foot out, meaning I didn't want to work there forever. But I was like, let me just have this good job while I wait for my big break or you know pursue my dream. So once I once I got the job at Sony Music, I started to secretly pursue doing a demo for myself. And I thought, you know, my father was very much like, you know, this is the path for you. Like you just work until you die. Like, I mean, he loved what he did, but it was like, you're not, you can't be an artist. He told me that when I was young, like, what do you, you can't do that, you know? So I thought the only way to get through to him was like, I'm going to show him. I'm not going to just tell him, I'm going to show him. So I saved up money. I found a producer and this is back before digital stuff. This is all analog. I remember going after work at Sony Music, going to the Malibu Hills to my producer and we were secretly working on my first three song wow. demo. And it was so exciting mm-hmm. and because it was mine. It was my secret. And I was able to just be present with the process of like, I can't believe like these songs that I'm writing, like we're putting them together and like, you know, and I'm sharing, like, I wanted to sound like this. So it was just the whole process was so magical because nobody knew about it. So I didn't have anybody's energy 
Mm-hmm. And like, well, what's going to happen? And, you know, all that worry or whatever. I was just completely in bliss that I was really making my dreams come true myself. Right. So when I finished that, that three song CD, I remember going to dinner with my dad. My parents divorced when I was very young. And I remember saying, I want you to listen to something. And he's like, what? And I played him my song. Oh my and gosh. And he was like, what I is like this? I like, I'm on the edge of my seat. What happens next? <laughs> and I said, I said, that's me. And he was like, that's not you. I said, dad, that's me. He's like, what? Yeah, that's me. I wrote those songs. And I, he's like, that's you? And you wrote these songs? And you made the CD? And I showed him the CD. And he was blown away. It worked. Oh, it worked. It worked. Wow, and yeah. he was like, now all of a sudden he sees dollar signs in his in his eyes. Right. Now he's, he's like, getting behind you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I want to be your manager. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, no way. Okay. <laughs> so then it was like, it was interesting because this very innocent, pure dream. Now my father, who was all about, you know, making money, businessman was going to come in and it was like his hands were going to get all in that dream. And I had a really hard time with that. It was, even though I appreciated the like big 360 and the, all of a sudden the support, it was very hard for me to fully accept it. And so long story short, I was performing, doing my things. And I think um, at a certain point, you know, he's all about results he's not in it for the long haul like I am because it's my dream and he's Mm -hmm. like after a while he started to be like you know uh, like basically what are you doing like are you gonna keep doing this or you know gotta think about other things even though meanwhile I had a job you know wasn't like I was but it was like outcomes yeah Mm -hmm. he was waiting for the outcome so I 29 decided I'm gonna move to New York I had this like secret obsession slash crush on New York City. I think we all, all artists, mm-hmm. I think, kind of do. And um, and I was like, what am I doing? I'm 30. I'm not married. I might as well just, you know, like take this big leap. And I really wanted to experience at that point, like what it was like to just be an artist. What would it be like to not have a full-time job, to just give it my all, to do all the things that my family and my parents and everyone in the world told me not to do like what if I just did it like because then I can look back on my life and saying I I gave it my all you know yeah um so that's what I did I moved to New York at 30 quit my job had no job to go to was like I'm gonna be a bartender and I didn't even drink I'm like I signed up for bartending school I paid six hundred dollars oh my <laughs> god because I knew nothing about drinking right. I'm not a drinker but I was right. following a cliche I was following every behind the music special. I was following the E2 Hollywood stories. I'm like, that's how you get to be famous. You give up everything. You become a starving artist. And then boom, it's going to happen because you have nothing to fall back on. Right. right? You have nothing to lose. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was the most exhilarating time. I remember I got a job as a bartender right out of bartending school. And I was honest about it. But, you know, they see somebody that's, uh, listen, I've got double D's here. So it wasn't that hard to get Yeah, something tells me you didn't need the school to get a job, but yes. Anyway, wanted the credential. Yeah, but I remember being on the subway at like three o'clock in the morning after a shift, and I was crying. I was so happy. I just felt so free. I felt like for the first time I was living for myself, and it was like this open slate of possibility. Like, 
it wasn't just about the music career. It was like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I really a- away from all my parents and my family and the city that I grew up in that I really didn't even connect with, you know, like, who am I really? Like, that's what it felt like. And so I think that's something that's really important that people miss about when you give something your all and people get so stuck on like, well, I'm not where I should be. I need to get where I should be. There's like this beautiful opening that happens that if you're aware and you're in the moment, it's like you're literally shedding skin. You're literally like becoming who you are meant to be. And in those moments, I'm just so grateful that I allowed myself to feel it and to be like, and I'll never forget saying to myself, even if it doesn't work out, this feeling alone was worth it. Mm. So beautiful. I love that. Well, because I think more now probably than ever before, we're so attached to this external outcome, this big, look what I did. Can't you see what I'm worth and my value because I have this big following or this big influence or whatever it is to show for it. And I think what through your journey of this discovery and trust and and everything allowed you to see a piece of yourself and feel connected to that with nothing external, like it was just yeah. you. And, yeah. and so was that the turning point of starting down this spiritual awareness awakening or not yet? Not yet. So okay. everything had a crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's of course. always part of it, right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So as I was, you know, performing and trying to make friends. And I mean, I was starting all over at 30. And at that point, I remember people, I was like working with 21 year olds, you know? I mean, it was just, my age was such a factor. People would ask me like, do you have kids? And I was like, I'm only 30, you know? Thinking about, I just felt like old in regards to somebody that just is gonna pursue their dreams. And so, that but that was a huge deal for me so 30 31 32 were like really hard years of like how long how much longer am i going to give this i was so in a space of i was still looking for external validation like why don't i have this many people at my shows it just felt like i wasn't getting anywhere like i was really treading so hard working so hard putting so much effort into this dream and it just felt like nothing felt like it was working. I almost got a record deal that fell through. I almost got a manager that it was just like a lot of almost and then nothing Mm. connecting. And then meanwhile, I'm spiraling lower and lower in terms of my insecurity, feeling like I'm not good enough. That's why this is happening. I'm not really a good singer. I'm not talented enough. Of course, that's why. Who am I to be thinking that I can, you know, get signed at this age? All of that. Mind you, my roommate, who I didn't know was off Craigslist, just got signed oh, to Capitol Craigslist. Records. Yeah, Craigslist. Just got that. So he's living my dream. Right. Coming home with gorgeous songs that he's written with all these famous producers. I mean, signed to Capitol freaking Records. And I'm sitting there like holding back tears. And I remember, you know, I always had a relationship with God, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I really always thought about why am I here? What is this? like, why, why would you put me here? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like horrible. Why, you know, so I definitely had what that am I conversation. Doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, cause 
initially was like, oh, this is perfect. Like he knows all these people. Like I thought it was this beautiful coincidence. And I was 30 and my address was 30, 30, 30th street. Like I just felt like it was all perfect. Yeah, yeah. And all it did was just accentuate the insecurity, accentuate how I just was so deeply attached to feeling unworthy Mm. and like I wasn't good enough. And so long story short, after about a year and a half of really so much effort, I got mugged and um, it was the night that my, my one like really good friend who I knew from LA, she was moving back to LA. So here I am like sobbing. I'm feeling horrible. And she's moving back. So I was clearly distracted and it was five girls. I'm walking home from the subway crying. I've got the headphones in my ears and they saw I was distracted. And literally when I felt somebody grab me from behind because it wasn't that aggressive, I didn't pull away because I thought maybe I know this person. That was like the first thought. And then the next thing I know, I was thrown to the ground and my mind went to fight or flight. So I don't remember, but I do remember thinking, oh, this is just a dream. You're going to be okay. Right. It's just a dream, you know? It's terrifying. Well, what was funny is that then I suddenly woke up and I remember looking back and I saw them running with my purse and I just yelled back, like, can you at least give me my, my wallet? Because my wallet had my keys on there. I don't know why I said it, but for whatever reason, they threw it back, got my wallet and my keys, went up to my apartment and I went into the bathroom, looked at myself and was like, oh God, this is everything that I've been feeling on the inside, just all on my face, like just beat up just felt so beat up. And it was the first time I just allowed myself to cry and like, just cry, just feeling all of my feelings. I was, I was trying to hold it together so hard, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and thankfully I was seeing a therapist at the time. And I remember her saying to me, you know, you don't know what all of this is preparing you for. And I just thought, Whoa. I'm being prepared for something. Right. Like I had literally like the gods opened up and it was just like the light that I needed mm. to get me to feel like there was a reason behind this. And yeah, there was a and, meaning to all this perceived yeah. madness. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really what woke me up. And then it gave me permission to feel everything, to feel the pain, to feel I was grieving a dream. Like, what if this doesn't work out like I planned? What am I going to do? You know? And I really came to this place of surrendering. Like, okay, God, like if, if music isn't my destiny, then then something else is. And I, I know it now. And, and I'm willing to just live in the space of like unknown. Mm. I'm willing to be guided. I remember feeling that, like just guide me. And I think for that whole summer, I just, stop trying so hard. Like I went to restaurants by myself. I went to yoga. I went to work. I just stopped. I sent the voicemail. I sent my phone to voicemail. I just, I really learned how to take care of myself. Hmm. Like it for the like first time. Summer of, of self-care and surrender. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, I mean, in so many ways we know that that's critical, but we, you just, you get, and especially, you know, I lived in New York for my, my twenties and it's, you don't even realize that you're on the hamster wheel until you Mm -hmm. have some space from the place. The city has an, just an energy all its own. And I remember when we first moved to Atlanta and I just felt like I was in a hurry all the time and everyone's, (laughs) they're not beeping at the light when it's like the people, when the light changes, like they're like, cut in front of them in the grocery line. And I'm like, 
we have places to go, people. What are you doing? And <laughs> right. it was just so chill. You almost don't realize that I feel like your adrenaline is always at like a level of pumping when you're there. It's yeah, it's intense. Yeah. 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 And so to really just take a step back and I just, I, yeah, I like let myself cry. Mm. I mean, I think that's really important. I think that's the piece that still is with me to this day, which is like, it was the first time I just let myself feel everything because you know your parents want and your family they want to put a band-aid on everything they don't want to see you sad or in pain so and I remember during that time my sister was like why don't you just come home you know what are you doing there like that and I was like this was after I got mugged and everybody was like freaking out you know and I'm like no like and it's interesting because I had a choice I could have easily closed my heart went back home and got a job I could have decided right then and there this isn't the path for me I'm just gonna pack it up and truly close my heart on this idea that I'm meant for something else or this idea right. that I'm being guided. Like I could have done that. And I think a lot of people do. Absolutely. Like that's a sign. I'm not meant to be here anymore. You know, I tried, I failed. That was my big thing. Yeah. You felt connected to something more. I remember, and I, this is why I always love New York. I remember walking around the city and feeling like, everywhere I turned, I felt like in some way, like New York was holding me mm. during that time. Like I felt held and it's hard to explain, but like, I just loved walking around. I didn't have to make plans with anyone. I didn't, I could sit at the park all day. I could go to restaurants by myself. I didn't have to talk to anyone, but I felt full. Yeah. So there's something about that experience. And then being in New York during that experience that really I felt held. So yeah, I didn't want to go back and what have to answer to all the right. like, I knew on some sort of level on, on some conscious level that I was being prepared for something that this was for my growth. So I was like, No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out, you know. And so that was that was the beginning. And then through that therapist, she recommended this workshop and I was very hesitant to do it. But I remember the workshop the first day, she says, your thoughts and your words matter mm. and you're co-creating your life by your thoughts and your words. And at that point, I just never heard that before right. ever. And I was like, what? You mean I'm contributing to my reality? You mean it's me? You mean yeah. I'm responsible to this? And I just, it blew my mind because then I realized every conversation, every thought that I had was about how I don't have enough people at my show. I don't have this. I don't have that. So guess what the universe is going to keep giving me? Not enough people at my show because it's right. all about law of attraction, right? So it was like, I was just in so much lack that all I was receiving was lack back. And I, that woke me up and that's what started. I started doing gratitude lists. I read every single self-help book that I could find. Mm. It was changing me from the inside out and it was like a the spiritual awakening that we all have at certain points you know or some yeah, of us hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and, well, I, and I think just... even what you just said about i think so many people today and possibly those listening don't recognize that that power lies within and it's not that you have a victim mentality in any way but it's just that you sort of feel like things are happening around you or you don't have control over your thoughts yes. or you know that there is not that direct correlation so how did you in a practical sense you said you made gratitude lists what other practices helped reaffirm that when you were able to maybe make that connection of 
huh, I thought about this in a different way and now I have a different result. I mean, very simply, that course was six weeks and it was all about shifting our our thoughts and our beliefs and paying attention. It was being self-aware, mm. that self-awareness of like, oh my God, I just didn't realize what I was doing. I didn't realize how much I was contributing to my reality. And so I, in short terms, I stopped talking so much. <laughs> I stopped, I, you know, like you, you don't realize you're attracting people and we all complain about the same stuff. Oh so it's like all that energy is yeah. like, you just keep attracting more of it. So I really stopped talking about the situation and I would talk about what I was learning. And I was talking about, I read this book and it was so eye-opening, or I was talking about like, let's go to the park and just throw a ball to each other. Let's be in the moment. Like, I'm like, can we not in my head? I mean, I don't know if I was even aware of it, but I was like, can we not go down this pattern of complaining and, and contributing to the problem? There, it just felt like people just were talking for the sake of talking, for making conversation. And especially yeah. as a single woman, I was just like, I can't be in these conversations anymore. Yeah. So I really just kind of like, yeah, I was I'm like, done with that. But I think it's true that once you start to become aware of that, I find, and tell me if you feel the same, that it is hard to, to share space with people that have sort of that, it's like a complaint, like ongoing dialogue. It's just like, well, what about this? And what about this? And I hear you and I'm, I'm empathetic and I'm sympathetic. And also, I think there's an element that a lot of people have, you know, this emotional addiction. It's like something bad happens and then they've experienced it or they've felt it. And then they're telling every single person they know about this bad experience or this bad opinion or whatever it is. And they don't realize that in doing that, they're reliving it. Like they're just mm -hmm. continuing to perpetuate that. And exactly. I think we also do that with our inner talk of like, yeah. maybe you don't do it outwards. Maybe everything is lovely and sunshiny days, but inside right. you're like, I knew I wasn't good at that. This is a problem. Blah, 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 right. Blah. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's interesting because in the beginning of the spiritual awakening, everything is so new. So you, re I really saw such a drastic change and it was so powerful and amazing. And then a little further along in your journey, you're like, it, it gets harder, harder in the sense where things are, it's subtle. It's like now though I'm not having those big, huge revelations, I'm having like subtle shifts that are really just as important, if not even more, because you're in it so long. So even to have that slight perception shift yeah. is like so crucial and powerful, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect you in the same way that it did. I remember thinking, I'm never going to say something's hard. Like I remember thinking, I'm never going to use that word. I was just like, let's eliminate words from my vocabulary, which is, that's not, that's a whole other issue, which is we'll talk, we can even talk about spiritual bypassing. I didn't know I was doing it, but I thought that I'm going to be really conscious. So I'm sure I was really hard to be friends with during that time because I was like, <laughs> I was like, not where's my it. list like, of things I can't yeah. say. <laughs> well, it was just like, I, so I remember thinking I'm never going to cry as much as I did. I remember thinking, like I still had issues around like crying is bad. Mm. That's for people when you, before you awaken, now I'm like bliss and I'm, I'm good with everything. You know, I remember thinking love. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I would have moments where I was still crying and I'd be like, God, I thought I'd be over this mm. literally. And then my best friend at the time who were no longer friends said that to me. I thought you were over this. 
I thought you were done with it. Yeah. Which is so lovely. So, you know, but I will say this, you know, to spiritual bypassing, which is now a thing and a term, we need to also stop shaming people for where they're at. Right. And I think sometimes like that's where I was. I was in that space of, I don't want to experience hard anymore. Yeah. So I'm not even going to say that word. And I just needed to be in that for a while to realize that like, uh, that's not going to happen. But, <laughs> but like, at least, but the innocence around it was like, I don't want to feel bad anymore. I felt like it was a really long journey to get to a place of being woke. Yeah. And I'm like, so this means it's going to be like this way. And again, I'm attaching mm-hmm. what being woke is going to look like. Right. right. And it's like, can I just live my life? And it's that beautiful enlightenment quote, right? It's like once it's like before enlightenment, you chop wood, carry water after enlightenment, you chop wood, carry water. It doesn't change. It's not like this, right. your whole life is going to be this whole beautiful, like you're gliding through life. That's not living. That isn't being human. Right. You know, so I think there is something to when you know better, you do better. And as much as we want to be able to see, you know, all the way behind us and all the way in front of us, we really can only have the wisdom from that perspective where we're at, which I'm so glad that you brought that up. Because I think even those of us who feel like we're wherever we are on the spiritual journey or path, there still is an element of either comparing to people that you perceive to be at a different level, a higher, you know, oh, they're 5D. Oh, they're at a different level of consciousness. They're talking to aliens. How come I don't see all the colors? (laughs) Right. That's like some of the people we talk to or, you know, the people that maybe are early on their journey and then people can pass judgment or how come you didn't see it that way or they don't know. And it's like, we, we all are becoming awake or becoming more open or expanding at the right time. If you believe that, if you allow for that to be the possibility, but I think it is a daily practice of sort of checking in, where am I? Am I being authentic to myself? While it's great to learn and see and sample from everybody staying on your own path. Right. So right. How have you done that in the midst of all that you hear and learn and grow? Cause you, to me, you are such an incredible sponge and you soak it all in and you share all this wisdom. And I know that you've done so many classes and so many different experiences. How have you integrated that while still being authentic to you? How do you take in, but still walk your own path? You know, I think first of all, having a strong inner practice, like grounding, like I'm, I meditate every day. I still do my gratitude list and it's been 11 years now, you know, um, yeah, yeah so it's that. being consistent, always checking in, always like I journal, I write, I read, I walk. I mean, there's just so many ways that I stay connected that I think I've been really good at. Like one thing that that whole experience taught me in terms of like that big heartbreak not working out, like giving something my all and it not working out and then still end up finding, you know, I found yoga and I have this whole other career and life and all this stuff that would have never happened had I not had that big, you know, breakdown. I think one of the things that it taught me was like, I truly can get through anything. Mm. Like I truly can get through anything. And so knowing that, and even if I don't know it, it's sort of like instilled in me. (laughs) Well, it's a resilience that that you have cultivated. I think 
there's that whole nature versus nurture. I think some people maybe are naturally more resilient and are able to just sort of like let things roll off or they have a certain level of confidence or whatever it is. But I fully believe that resilience is something that you can learn and cultivate. And every time you do something you haven't done before. So maybe this mm-hmm. is a good time to talk about your fearless adventure. Yeah. But that's what that builds, right? It builds yeah. that like, okay, I did it. It was hard. I did it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're just less, I'm less dramatic about it. Or I, ca- I catch myself in the moment, you know? Mm. So I just have less fear around even that word failure, like whatever, like you can't, like it doesn't touch me anymore because it's not, to me, failure is never doing a goddamn thing. It's oh. like having ideas, having yes. dreams, and you're never <laughs> expressing them. Oh my gosh. It's failure because that actually that's worse. That's betrayal because oh. you're betraying like what you're, what you came here to do because you're afraid mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And to me, that's the worst, that's the worst feeling. So I don't have that. I'm just like, here's an idea. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to try that. Like I just have this way of letting it all flow because I got through the hardest thing that I ever thought I can get right. through. So it's like, not everything else is sort of like, okay, cake, even though it's not, because let's yeah, be real, I've definitely, yeah. but you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. And I think there's also an element, because I feel like so much of my life up until the past few years, and even now, something I still butt up against is this idea of failure or what would people think? And I do put a lot of things out there and I do try a lot of things and having to answer to people or, you know, people be like, well, how did that go? Or weren't you doing this? And a lot of this has, has left me because I've really stepped into human design and understanding like, oh, I'm a manifesting generator. And that means that I pivot and I say yes, and I flow. But I think it's also grounding in the journey and grounding in the beauty of the doing. And I know we've talked about this on other chats that like just the joy of creating, of making, of trying is everything. Of course you want it to be successful, but that can't be the goal. And then you lose sight of all the work that you've put into it because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I really do believe that my biggest sort of lesson or what I sort of want to share to everyone is like, you know, you have a dream to say yes to that journey to make that dream happen. So it's not even about whether or not that dream comes true. It's about who you become along the way. Like that is why you have the dream, you know, so So whether or not, yeah, whether or not it happens, like that's not even, doesn't even matter. It's like, did you say yes? Did you show up? And who did you become to get there? Because that's why you have the dream, you know? So I'm always experiencing like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. You know, what does that mean? Is it going to work? I don't know. But let me just put it out there because there's something on the other side of this that I'm going to learn about myself. I'm going to learn about maybe there's another idea behind that that I have to get through to get, you know, so let me experience that. So there's just so many ways that like, I don't understand and I just feel like the well is so deep in terms of like, you do one thing and you've got 500 other ideas. And then right. you do another yeah. So it's like, let's just keep moving and shaking and keep, and maybe I am because I'm a manifesting generator as well. But I just think that's, that's what I love about life is this sense of play. And I'm always really open to ideas. I don't just shut them down. Like I think most people would because I've spent the past, God, how old am I? 15 years living 
in sort of unknown territory. Right. You know, I, I decided I quit my job the second time when I was going to be a yoga teacher in New York, when it was like, not that popular. This is 11 years ago. I didn't even know if I wanted to be a yoga teacher, but I just one day got this like strong inclination. I have to leave this job. This job is sucking my soul. Like I cannot mm. say here one word. And I had done so much work mentally to prepare. I was reading all the books that had been two years. And I just remember thinking things had happened where I would move back to an old apartment. So I had cheap rent. So I was just like, you know what? There's a reason for this. Again, I'm like all about, yeah. I'm going to quit this job and just go and try and teach yoga and see what happens. And yeah. if worst case scenario, I can always get a job. Like I was just in that space and I made it happen, but I did it because I also wasn't attached to like, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. It was like, well, let me just see what, what can, you know, what I can do if I could even make a living doing it. Meanwhile, I ended up getting a job like as a, at a restaurant, you know, part-time. And then it was just like one thing, one door kept opening after the other. It was really this beautiful, I was learning not to take things personally. Mm -hmm. My music was so personal. Every, everything was about, if I didn't get the record deal, I'm not good enough. Whereas like in yoga, when I was auditioning for yoga jobs and I maybe didn't get the first one, I would come back again. I had no stake because mm -hmm. I was like, this is nothing. I used to write songs and perform them and that's rejection, you know? This is a yoga job, who cares? Like nobody remembers how many times it took you to get the job, all that matters is you get it. So right. keep showing up. That was my philosophy, it was just like, keep showing up until they hire me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I got hired at every single gym in New York City and I started to do retreats and it was just like following this like, and the beautiful thing was it all just happened without like a clear, like I didn't have a destination. I wasn't attached to what it was gonna look like. I didn't even know if I would like it. It just sort of people started to come and show up to all my classes and I'm like, oh my, building a community. Maybe I can get them to pay for a workshop. And I was doing that. Then I was like, what sounds fun? Let's walk across the Brooklyn Bridge, have a barbecue and a yoga class. Great. You know, what sounds fun? Let's go to Guatemala. Let's go to Peru. Let's go to Morocco. Let's go. I just was like, what sounds like fun? Create the thing. And then people were following me right. and signing up. And it was just beautiful. Oh, there's so much wisdom in what you're sharing. And I'm so excited for everyone to be hearing this because I think a lot of what we see or again, perceived to be true, or maybe it's the conditioning from our family is that you have to have this, this plan. Like what's your business? What's your three-year plan? What's your five-year plan? Mm. That's like when people say like, oh, is it your forever house? It literally is cringeworthy to me because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. And again, that's what works for me. That's what works for you. If you need to have that plan, if that's part of your design, then go for it and do all the planning right. and have everything laid out. But I think what I'm really hearing you say is that you connected to what worked for you. You yeah. surrendered to the possibilities that were out there without knowing the next step, without having yeah. like the, and then I'm going to do this. And I think so many people, they have an idea. And the very first thing they do is think, what's the end result? How's it going right. to work out? And it's like, like you haven't even bought the website name yet. How, <laughs> you're quitting because you don't see that it's going to be a $1 million business. Like let's buy the website name. Let's start something. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's so true. And that's, that's what I will always be so grateful about yoga was that it really taught me that beautiful lesson of like, I just, I didn't take it so personally. I really just showed up anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I, that, I didn't even think that class that I taught was so good. And yet I would get people responding and I was like, what? So it was teaching me, number one, 
the voice inside our head should not be trusted when it comes to that, <laughs> that critical voice. Where you right. know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Like, don't trust that voice because yeah. everybody else is getting something totally different. And you're thinking in your head, you suck. Not true. So that's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, I was getting to be myself, my whole self. That was something that maybe even in music I wasn't able to do because, again, it was like, what is your genre and who are you going to be and what artists are you like? And your music is one thing, but you're so bubbly and happy. Why are you so dark? And, you know, it was like all I couldn't be all of me. I always struggled with like my image. It didn't fall into this one specific package, whereas in yoga, I was getting up. I was sharing this thing that was very passionate and personal to me and I was getting to be myself. I was joyful and making jokes and I was making it fun and people were laughing and I was not making it so serious. It's like, we're in a gym and I'm teaching you yoga. Like, you know what I mean? But there was still a connection to spirit because that's just all that's always there, you know? And I was starting to add singing to in Shavasana. So now I'm adding this other piece. That's really me. So it was like, Mm -hmm. I was really finding like, wow, I'm able to really be myself here. And then I'm adding, I get to have adventures with these people. And they're all like me. They're all fun and silly and cool and awesome. And I'm just like, what? I mean, who would have thought? Well, you are being your most magnetic self. I mean, that's the beauty of the generator and the manifesting generator is when you're following what you love and you're just letting all these things naturally come to you because you're being you, you're attracting. And then it's just like this beautiful expanding sphere of love and happiness. And just like, yeah, it's just like a magic formula. I just wanted to check in with something that you had said earlier, because I think this is important. And I think it's a struggle for people is you had mentioned the inner voice, the inner critic, right? And not listening to the that. How do you tell the distinction between that and your intuition? Because I know now a lot of what you do is in addition to the fearless stuff and the yoga is using your intuition and doing soul readings. And so Mm -hmm. for people that are starting out, what would you tell them for making that distinction? Your inner voice is loving. Mm. Your inner voice is loving. Your inner voice is always on your side. Your inner voice is always it's coming from a more neutral, softer place. So, cause you know, your ego also can be totally telling you you're way too good for this person. That's also your ego. Right, even right. though it's like technically disguised as love, right? Like you're mm-hmm. amazing. You're, it's still your ego. So you're, you're loving your true voice is, is loving. It's real. And it's very, very simple. Mm. It is just a simple, clear message. Like, no, yeah, no, like mm-hmm. just clear. Yeah. Really clear. It's There's not no wavering. Page diatribe on. No, it is so clear. And it's like, you almost don't believe it. Yeah. And that's where people get tripped up. And it just takes some time to get used to listening. You know, I remember many, many, many times in classes. And I, I would get nervous if I was subbing a class. Cause it was like, I'm entering somebody else's group and da da da. And it was like a higher end gym and the whole thing. And I remember that voice was just going, they don't like you. And you know, you can feel the energy and all that stuff. So then you start to mess up because you're already like criticized. Yeah. You know? And then I heard this voice, like, like, just relax. Like you're enough. Just relax. Like it was just a very simple, clear, I want to say neutral of any 
it was just clear. Right. So that's, I would say, first and foremost, it's always loving. It's not trying to sabotage you. It's not going to make you better than someone else. It's just going to affirm like an inner knowing. You'll know it when you start to really hear it, you know? Right. Well, and if you think about your soul, if you can even just picture it sort of like looking down on the situation, what is the highest and best expression for you in this moment? I think that that sometimes is a good way, you know, or if you had like your best friend on your shoulder, but a best friend that was speaking lovingly, but also speaking truth, like where Mm -hmm. is that? There's a balance in there. Totally. And I think one thing I was, I was into Marianne Williamson and A Course in Miracles. And she always talks about God, you know, what would you have me say? What would you have me do? How would you have me be? I would say that a lot of times before classes, before teaching to get me right there. So just like the ego gone, Mm. like, and then things would just flow. So when I would ask for it, yeah, it would just be there, would show up. And that honestly, and how can I see this differently is also a beautiful question I would ask all the time. If I was in a conversation with someone and I was finding myself going like, why are they telling me all this about the roommate of the this and that? And I would just see like, how can I see this differently? Or please show me compassion for this person. I would instantly receive a download of why this was occurring. And it's so beautiful because, you know, we've done this course, but like realizing how many times I've done this throughout my life, like building this relationship and trust with my inner guide, my higher self, my soul, whatever you want to call it, source. I always had that. There was always an awareness around, I can ask for, I can ask for clarity. I can ask for, for guidance. Right. I can ask for help, you know? And I think that's where people forget. Right. We think we're all alone doing it, you Uh. know? And I think especially when you might be the lone person in your family or friend group or community that feels this way, I think it can be lonely and confusing and create so much self-doubt. And, you know, once you're able to make that connection or strengthen that connection, it's just so incredibly supportive and validating and it really, for me, like eliminates so much of that outside noise that I would let sort of penetrate or infiltrate my thinking, feeling, decision-making. It's like, no, we, we've got it. We've got it. Me and my, my little friends here. (laughs) Um, But there is an element of that's what so many of us are craving. You just want to feel like you're doing the right thing. You want to feel seen. You want to feel like you said, is this all worth it? What am I here for? What is the meaning behind it? Right. And it feels silly that it could be as simple as following an inner knowing, but it is the most complex, meaningful relationship for me that I've ever had and continue to, yeah. to cultivate on a daily basis. It grows asking for more clarity, asking for help. Somebody new shows up. What's this new right. thing that's happening? I mean, right. it's like everything you need in so many ways. Yeah. And I think that when you're in it, it's very hard to ask for because you're just so overwhelmed with like, you're almost not supposed to in some weird way. I don't know. I'm learning the balance because sometimes I'll ask for it because I want this thing to go away. I want Mm -hmm. to stop feeling the pain and I'm not ready. Like I'm supposed to let it move through me. And so me going, okay, let's just get to the end with this. (laughs) It's not going to get me there. You know what I mean? So like, I think I've learned to be present, know that it's all here for 
our higher good. It is all here. Like, I think I made that distinction maybe a year ago. I went to Paris and there's always this like fascination of like, I'm going to meet someone in Paris. Mm -hmm. I think I always have that dream. Right. And when it didn't happen, I remember feeling very sad. And then I right away caught myself going into that space of like talking myself, like, out of the moment and into the future of like, but you're going to meet someone. Da, 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 da. Like it's always pushing me to stay out of that pain. So I don't right. have to feel it. And I said to myself, you know what? You can feel this. Mm. Stop trying to push to the future for some hope. Let yourself feel this. Let yourself feel this disappointment. This is what is real right now. And so even just that subtle shift was so beautiful because I realized how much I do that in my life, how we right. all do that. Right. Yeah. And really it wasn't, it's not serving me. It's not serving me. Well, and I think there's also an element, and I don't know if this gets back to the spiritual bypassing or just like the shame that many of us feel for whatever we have or don't have is that when you name it, when you claim it, you can release it. You just, yes. there's, some, there's something magical that happens in this where you transmute it, you integrate it. And when we put this block on or, okay, I even feel this way if I'm going to be in a situation and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put a bubble around myself. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm in this situation to give and to receive. And if I put this bubble around, does that prevent it? Am I getting all that's here for me? You know, like you were saying, yeah. So, I do think there's something about just identifying what it is, feeling it, and then it doesn't yes. hold that same weight over you, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's really a better way to articulate it. So thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We'd help each other out. Yeah, um, yeah. So I wanted to chat quickly before we wrap up about some of the business stuff, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people listening are maybe just launching their spiritual business or their, you know, practicers looking to turn into practitioners or more in the teaching space. So how did you make that transition? Was there a point where you felt like, okay, now I have a certain amount to share? Because I know there is imposter syndrome and you feel like, at what point do I feel like I can now help others with what I have to offer? You know, for me, because I think I, I've i always been an artist. So, and I went through so much insecurity around that and being able to, like I had tremendous fear even singing in front of people as a child. Like, so there was a huge journey around that, even getting to a place where I can be on stage singing, playing, all that stuff. So like I had been through a large journey already of, I guess what you would call imposter syndrome, like who am I? It was like, I have this vision, so I need to be doing it. So I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to get there, you know? And so I've always took that approach in every aspect of my life because that's, that's all I know. So with the yoga, I just very quickly started to realize I was building community. People were really liking me. And when they like you, they want to support all of you. I remember going, I can't make a living just teaching 15, 16, 17 classes a week. I've got to start to like do more outside of the, that's when I was, I just heard this voice, like do it on your own. And so I started to do workshops and I created an email list and I, you know, so I already had the website for my music. So then I just, it was very easy for me to do a web page for my yoga. Uh -huh. And I remember the first time I did my first real big retreat to Guatemala and it was right. I did that year doing fearless acts when I turned 40, which also was this huge 
incredible transformative time in my life, which is how I became a fearless coach. Anyways, but that that was tremendous for me because I realized, oh, fear is, is an illusion, which means I'm always going to feel freedom after I do the thing that I'm afraid of. So like, let me just do it. And I was getting so much practice because I had spent a year literally doing things that scared me that I'd never done before. And I was sharing it. So I was just getting really good at being uncomfortable all the time yeah. and sharing it and having breakthroughs and having like, like I was just somebody that I came here for, to live in that space. I, I really thrive in like, what else can I do to, to push myself and not push myself, but like, in a sense, I have a vision of who I am and then there's like this gap. So how do I get closer? Right. Okay. I got to do this and this, but it's fun. It's always yeah. fun. It's always coming from joy, you know? Yeah. So anyways, the crucial I just, piece of it though, because if it's piece. like, well, I have to do this or, well, if I want to be this kind of a coach or I want to teach this sort of thing, then I have to follow these steps or get this credential. And it's like, have yeah. to maybe, but you have to embody it. Totally. And honestly, I took a big course in how to create a business online. Mm -hmm. And what that taught me is like, I'm somebody that needs to create on my own. Mm. It was like, I needed that, that piece to be like, okay, that, that is not me. I'm not somebody that's going to follow what somebody else is telling me to do. I create best when it's coming literally from me, from spirit, from my soul, because it's energy and I can, I can mold this energy into something. Like I'm really good at that because I'm like, I'm catching it and I'm going, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a superhero where I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go, you know? And I'm I just love making it. it happen. Yeah. And so it was just with that sense of play all the time that I turned around and was like, what? I'm sitting here five in the morning, Sahara Desert, with 14 amazing people are watching the sunrise in Morocco because mm. I had a vision that I wanted to come here and do a retreat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I will catch myself in those moments, similar to the one I was talking about in the beginning of being on the subway and crying, where I don't take any of it for granted. I'm just like, how did that even happen? I don't even know. It just started with like, I liked this picture of this place and I want to go there. Will people come? Sure. I don't know. But I'm, I'm going to just go with it. Right. Because you have enough experience. I've done it a few other times. Not to say that every time I'm not scared. Of course I am. Of mm -hmm. course. That doesn't ever go away. That's right. an illusion. But yeah, you, I do it anyway. Yeah. Because I know from practice what who I'm going to become on the other side is the reason I do it. Right. And because I'm going to learn something. Like, you know, perfection and people waiting for the right day, right time, right light to take their photo, right message to yeah. say. Like, I know. And yet I know because it's scary to put yourself out there to film a video when you've never done it before to, to show people who you are. I feel like even for me, stepping into this more spiritual space has been a journey. It's been an evolution. I have so many people around me that are going to listen to this and maybe not realize <laughs> that this was all that I was thinking and doing. And yet I'm doing it anyway, you know, to say that yeah. you're an intuitive or a channel or a medium. I mean, right. it's such a stigma. And yet when you're able to just move into that space of this is who I am, I feel it so authentically that it does not matter what you think and truly, truly mean that is the most empowering thing. You know, one piece of advice that I would like to share that I think has helped me tremendously is it really is about taking action anyway. 
yeah. taking action. Take that first step. I don't care if you change your mind and take the first step because I have learned it all adds up all the times that I have said yes and just kept going and kept going. I mean, I even started my own social network called the dream diaries. Like I, I created a film. I can go on and on about all the things and ideas that I've done. I tried to create finding the funny. I bought the website. I mean, I have tried so many things. I have a podcast. I'm an artist and it's like, it's all beautiful. And it all, it's all a part of this like big well of like, I'm here to receive and to really kind of, take action on all of it because it's all teaching me and he, and like we talked about you don't become so precious about one idea right. you know you're just like okay let's just do it I'm more like I just got to get it out yeah. so I don't have that perfectionist at all in me at all I'm just like okay I'm just gonna put it out you know I really don't have that which I think is so it's such a gift because yeah. I see other people and a lot of people struggle with that. And it's because I just do it. I just do it. I'm a, I'm, I'm a doer. I'm, I'm all about action. I think that's the quickest way. And again, it's about the embodiment. Like we, we talk about, you came here to have experiences, to actually physically like feel in your body what this experience, how you're moving through this experience to then embody this wisdom that you receive once you take that step. Right. So you're robbing yourself of this wisdom when you don't move. Yeah. when you take the action Absolutely. that's why mindset alone is not enough you can read all the books and we all know people that take all the courses read all the books and they don't do anything right they're not taking any sort of action they're stuck in that like well i don't know did it just do the one thing even if it's taking a walk every day even if it's telling people sharing something there needs to be some sort of step forward and then it just it does get easier yeah I that totally agree. Yeah. You build the courage through the action. You build yeah. the resilience through the process of the doing. And it's even, you know, grief. You, there's no way around it. You, you have to get through it. And so I'm so grateful to be going through all of it with oh, you. I thank feel like you. And I, I mean, all the things you say about moving through the action and feeling, I mean, I could not agree more. And I know that's because of our shared energy type. And I also know that it's just because of our shared, you know, we've got some sort of a, a soul history in our, <laughs> mm -hmm. Definitely, <laughs> in yes. our path. Um, so tell everybody where they can find you, how they can take the next step with you. Yeah, you can find me on my website. I have charlenelight.com. You can find me on Instagram. Um, L-I-T-E. L-I-T-E, exactly. Yeah. And I'm now offering soul readings, which I'm so excited. It's just like we were talking, just like another beautiful tool in the toolbox of, of another modality to access an even deeper part of ourselves and kind of get right to the point, you know? Because like as a coach... Um, and I'm a fearless coach in particular, I really do create fearless acts and fearless journeys for people. It really is about, we, it's like, we say we want something, but there's actually like multitudes of things underneath it that we're really looking for. And so mm -hmm. you say you want the relationship or the money, but like, there's something that those two things represent that I think is really what you're looking for. But it, there's this journey back towards really loving and accepting ourselves. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to, um, all of us, right? 
there's so many elements and so many beautiful facets to all of us. And I think part of my journey has been learning to accept it all, you know, and to really be okay. And we're not meant to be happy all the time. That was right, the other big right. one. Like we're meant to feel a whole spectrum of emotions. That's why we came, you know, and shaming ourselves because we're, you know, in a low place and it's not beneficial for us. Like let yeah, yourself, it's not like you said. Enough. Yeah. And so it's all here for us, you know? I think that's a huge one too. Well, thank you so, so much for being thank here. Y'all, um, please go follow Charlene because she is just as light and energetic and vibrant as she sounds. So I can't wait Aww. for you and meet you and get um, a sense of your spirit in a deeper way. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is such a joy. Thank you. Yay. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.